Welcome to Growth NZ Podcast, where we speak to entrepreneurs and experts and reveal their ideas, innovation, and execution. To get show notes and exclusive content, go to growthhq.co.nz. So, who are you and what do you do? So, I'm James Mangaboy, and I guess I do sort of internet businesses. Internet businesses? Yeah. You yeah. never catch on. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, so I've kind of, uh, my, I guess my original claim to fame was I did sort of the Fatso um, DVD sort of business thing, kind of the Netflix client. I've worked uh, at Xero as the online manager, worked at TradeMe, uh, set up TreatMe, and then uh, left TradeMe with TreatMe. Um, so sort of took that over with a school friend of mine and um, sort of run that and have recently started Goodnest, which is kind of like a home joy and a um, you know, service on demand Uber style cool. thing. Cool. Yeah. A good space to be in at the moment? Yeah, it seems to be pretty hot. Yeah? Yeah. 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 And, and, and what are you learning about the, the on-demand kind of economy? You know, we've got, we've got Uber that's growing rapidly in Auckland and getting some kind of political heat. Yep. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing so far in, in, with Goodnest and the trends? In the, in the on-demand kind of apps economy? Uh, well, I mean, we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of growth, so I think, um, I guess, um, there's this sort of uh, supply and demand challenge with the business. Um, you get a lot of word of mouth, a lot of people wanting to join the service. You've got to kind of match that with, for instance, we're doing cleaning, home cleaning at the moment, and you have to sort of match that with the right number of cleaners, not too many, or they get kind of a little bit edgy, not uh, too few, otherwise then the customers get unhappy because they can't get their cleans. So you have that sort of, um, I guess, dynamic, um, but it works really well in the sense that you, you can have quite a lean platform. So, um, you know, for instance, you can, in our case, we kind of, um, we pay our cleaners sort of 16 to 19 an hour, um, just put our heads put our price up. Um, just because we've got so much demand. We stopped advertising in March Good. just to actually kind of be able to keep up with the hiring of cleaners yeah. to yeah. keep the customers happy. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been sort of an industry that's kind of really new here, but um, it seems to be growing quickly. People sort of keep piling on and cleaners really enjoy it. We kind of, we um, did a survey, a survey recently where we were kind of, um, you know, kind of always caught whenever we, we originally started at a $20 price point with the, oh, you know, do you pay your cleaners $12 an hour or something? And you're just like, oh, man. So um, we did like a big sort of um, uh, like kind of survey and we kind of found that it was actually, we found that we're actually paying better than the kind of franchise and stuff that might sure. be charging out at 35 an hour, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we're... It's it's yeah really in- interesting industry. We're kind of finding all our growth is actually coming from um, areas that we wouldn't have expected. Um, you know, with home cleaning, traditionally you see that as a bit of a luxury. And yeah. so, in my mind, you know, thinking of the Auckland space, it'd be kind of the Ramirez and Parnells picking this up. I think a lot of people sort of have their cleaner, and so it's the kind of areas where a lot of the professionals, people getting married with kids, like kind of the West Aucklands and stuff, that seems to just so have much for a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've worked in marketplaces before, like Treat Me and, and, and Trade Me. And, you know, what kind of learnings are you applying to, to goodness that, that you learned in, inside those businesses? There are actually there are quite a lot of parallels between, um, I found the, the Treat Me, the Daily Deals business. You get a lot of insights um, to how, we call them the merchants, how the different businesses that we deal with, um, you know, what margins they actually have and... and I guess the pitfalls of dealing with them or you know with the bad ones in the market and how you sort of manage that so 
um, with daily deals, you can you can sort of understand margins because obviously it's a commission-based business. You have a really good insight into sort of how typically in each industry um, they operate and where the risks are um, in terms of people being overcommitted or themselves having kind of like bad staff. Yeah problematic sort of um, issues with work that they do so so that's been a really good help it gives you also I think a little bit of a um, maybe a cynicism to, to sort of how difficult it is to sell technology yeah. to a lot of um, businesses yeah. so I think typically when you get into this model you know consumers get sort of technology a lot better you'll, you'll pick up the Uber app and you'll you know enjoy that giving that to the driver well they need it out of necessity but you give an app to a plumber and they'll just be like, no, nah, just give me a phone call or a text. Yeah. So you have to be very careful to to sort of understand that, I guess, that recipient, if it's consumer or um, service provider, whether or not technology is kind of fixing a pain or actually introducing one. Yeah, yeah. So that's been quite interesting. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. I mean, I, I know from my time at Grab One that I saw a lot of business, you know, flowing through there like you're, like you're alluding to is that... You know, and I saw opportunities all the time saying, oh, that, that's selling well and there's an opportunity yeah. there. Is that is that the origins of Good Nest as well from your actually, observations yeah. of treatment? It was. Um, so we had, when I say we, myself and my business partner, Richard um, Humphreys, um, we had a couple of businesses in the same space. Um, he's got trade tested. I had um, Treat Me or we had Treat Me. Both businesses were kind of growing but operating in kind of at a level where I guess we had that mental bandwidth to do something else or at least enough mental bandwidth to discuss doing other things. Yeah. At the same time, we saw that you know the, sort of the service deals might have been about a third or so of you know kind of the revenue and treatment. You know the question kind of came came up where you know what do you do with the um, I guess the profits of the businesses? Do you sort of reinvest in those, um, or you know try and buy a house <laughs> in Auckland, which is going to be possible, um, or, or you know just find something else? And I think what what we saw was. Um, with Treat Me, there was kind of, it was the confluence of people accepting, I think, the Uber way of doing things, you know, mobile yeah. driving, these kind of frictionless transactions, and people's sort of willingness to sort of click a button on Treat Me and just get, like, say, three hours of home cleaning, yeah. just sorted like that. Um, and so you could kind of pin a little bit of the discount as being a factor, but similarly, you get a discount in these kind of um, service platforms because you do have those efficiencies. So we really saw that reduction and friction has been really sort of that, that sort of point that attracted kind of consumers. Yeah. So yeah, it was the combination of that. We said, well, why don't we actually try and build something that's kind of like the new sort of business directory or the next thing after business directory, yeah. which is kind of really gluing together the old and the new yeah. mobile and, yeah. and, you know, kind of the tradespeople. And and how do you view the, the well-funded international guys? You know, we've got our We've got yep. Zoomi as a New Zealand version of Uber. We've got, you know, sites like Look After Me, which are homestay sites that are New Zealand version of Airbnb. Yep. Um, you know, how do you, we talked about some of the competitors early on. Yep. How do you view those guys um, in the market? So um, I've got a few sort of opinions. I think money, um, often what you kind of hear and, um, you know, reading TechCrunch and stuff and you kind of hear about all these like phenomenal raises, money, I, I think money is not necessarily the answer to a lot of the problems yeah. I think if anything it can it can make processes a bit sloppier and less efficient um, and so you know in some cases you see in the states two sort of companies both big funding um, we're starting with H like kind of handy home joy and you see quite different sort of velocities or at least from sort of an outward sort of view different velocities there one sort of seems to be caught in itself and the other seems to be sort of 
rapidly growing, expanding, acquiring. So that's been kind of interesting. Um, I think there there is idiosyncrasies in the different sort of markets. Um, when I say markets, sorry, like with like personal transport versus say tradespeople um, versus like sort of Airbnb with kind of um, accommodation. And that's sort of a question of defensibility. Yeah. Um, I think you can probably more readily roll out, um, you know, sort of a transportation service where people are you know, quite unashamedly using multiple apps. Whereas, you know, the effort to actually kind of ring fence or understand um, the sort of challenges in each market, say for tradespeople, yeah. cleaners, um, that's a lot sort of uh, more challenging and unique. Um, we, we've found, like going to Australia, for instance, that's been, you know, just a real eye It's quite challenging. Sydney, you know, you kind of always make, from a sort of numbers perspective, when you're invariably in the internet sort of space, you kind of look at numbers and go, oh, yeah, Sydney's kind of three times the size of Auckland, so the return should be oh, at least two times. And then you realise, you know, they've got um, you know, parking issues where it's yeah. 20 bucks an hour to park your car in town and toll fees and all yeah. sorts of stuff. And um, it's, yeah, it's a completely different base. It's almost a different business, completely yeah. different yeah. industry. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think those challenges probably do actually exist with transport, but they're definitely they're kind of these things where the consumer will be less tolerant to signing up to Airbnb and three other providers as opposed to sticking with one, whereas people might be more willing to try, you know, the next flavor of the month for service businesses, for instance, yeah. like what yeah. we do. And, and, and some markets are potentially proving that it could be a winner-takes-all scenario, you know, going back to daily deals, that yep. a lot of the success was a internationally in New Zealand yep. probably included was a little bit when it takes all do you see the same thing in, in cleaning or, or home services I yeah I'd, I'd say so I don't see why it would be any different I, I kind of think there's kind of the winner takes my one's like sort of the winner takes three quarters um, yeah. I like to say um, yeah but they still call it all yeah 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 <laughs> all three quarters but no absolutely I, I think you, there's sort of a um, like kind of a snowball effect uh, sort of the one that sort of got the Sort of the run rate and the, the funding, the marketing, all those sort of things, where it kind of becomes quite hard to sort of work against that. Yeah. Um, so just sort of moving quickly is kind of it's important. Yeah. Doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. The old stuff. Yeah. That, like changing tack a bit. I mean, the the word entrepreneur has kind of become pretty cool. I mean, I describe you as one with a bit of a illustrious alumni of starting and and, and getting things. What it, what does the word entrepreneur mean to you? I actually cringe at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Um, I guess it's it's got quite a highly sort of revered yeah. thing around it, or at least I perceive it as that. And I, I think I mean everyone kind of or most businesses out there have someone behind it who started it. Um, it's just it's just ideas. Is it a buzzword? Well, no, it is a real real thing. But um, it's I think it's just having a curiosity. Like I've tried sure. to put it down to curiosity about the way that things work and the fascination with it. It's almost like a three-dimensional game of chess where you're working with like kind of a supply side a consumer side and then you've got your side where you're trying between the sort of all three players working out something where you know both everyone seems to sort of be winning at the game which means that you as the third sort of player in the, in the match kind of win as well yeah it's a kind of yeah interesting balancing match um, and it's it's strange because i I haven't really thought about it, but a lot of the sort of businesses I've always worked in, if I said three years ago, they didn't exist. It's actually kind of been that way almost 
very recently jumped yeah. I've had. So it's, it's, it's exciting because you kind of say, well, in three years, hopefully I'm doing something else that's, you know, doesn't exist. Well, supposedly we reinvent ourselves like six times in our lives or something like that. So yeah. you never know. Yeah, there might be more support to that. And in, in terms of, um, you know, doing what you're doing in, in a digital sphere and, and being an internet guy in New Zealand, is that what differences do you see doing what you're doing as in, in New Zealand versus potentially doing it overseas as you get exposed to other markets? Is um, it different here? Oh, it's definitely different here. I, I, I'd probably actually say lonely is, is probably quite a good word um, for parts of doing what, what I do. Um, you, you sort of meet other people who are doing the same sort of thing, but it's very rare that you'll cross people who have the exact same challenges. Yeah. You know, you'll have churn and acquisition and all those kind of you know, common things. But um, but there are sort of, um, I guess, limitations when, you, when you've got a smaller pool of um, people where you, you just got those people to talk to about it. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm kind of envious of those other markets, like, you know, the sort of the, the states and, you know, um, they'll just be like, 20 people with the exact same issue. Yeah. That said, there are 20 people who are also trying to be the winner-takes-all kind of person. Yeah. So yeah. it's a double-edged sword. And I think we, we do have a degree of sort of insulation here as well where um, you know, there's businesses in the States are getting quicker and quicker at, at watching their sort of predecessors in different, mar- in different sort of industries roll out faster. Um, yeah. So, you know, in the old days, you kind of had the Netflixes and they had their own sort of challenges with the rights, but you know, they kind of go to Canada and then they go to Europe and go to Australia and get here. You just see these other companies now, um, like, you know, especially with like the rocket internet kind of guys, they just iterate really quickly. Yeah. And, you know, part of the success is just having doing stuff fast everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's something that accelerate. And I think there's more and more people who do one business and once you've done one business, doing the second one's not so scary and the third's kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you'll just see all these ideas just, I guess, kind of ripple through the countries faster and faster. So some of that insulation probably go, but I guess it's better for the consumer. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of, you know, talking about ideas, you know, and you mentioned Rocket Internet and and the three businesses you're involved in, Mm -hmm. I mean, they are proven concepts overseas. Do you... Do you feel that some people are a bit too focused on new, shiny, flashy ideas rather than executing good concepts that are that are working well in other markets? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a consumer fascination with something that's completely new and novel, and I think every entrepreneur at heart, or most entrepreneurs at heart, understand the consumer side. So you always aspire to do something that's unique. Um, I think the reality is, is almost every business that exists today that you know if you open up the phone book, there'll be a competitor to it. Um, sure. So uh, it's I guess in trying to um, just execute really well and understand what your competition is doing or understand what others are doing with the model, but really not necessarily following their footsteps. Yeah. I think is the best advice. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you'll always just be following. And who's to say that sort of the way that they do it is the best way? Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, it's not not a bad idea to sort of like copy the um, you know um, the techniques for borrowing, like, borrowing. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Copying. <laughs> To flatter the um, you know, sort of the like the purchase page, sort of like kind of like elements and yeah. and something like Groupon, because you know that they've probably got more staff um, in their UI team than you've got in your sales team and everyone combines. Yeah. So yeah, there's kind of not necessarily trying to reinvent every wheel, but I think definitely, definitely question why people do things in certain ways and see if it can make it a bit better yeah. and a bit different. Yeah. 
and, and, and what or who do you commonly look at to kind of inspire those inspire those ideas and, and product development? Uh, so, I mean, with, with with sort of, I guess, the goodness model originally, we, we looked at HomeJoy. There were a lot of similarities, I guess, with, with our homepage with them. Um, and they were sort of one of the quick sort of emerging darlings of the sort of the home cleaning sort of space. Um, Handy's really good. Um, um, Wash.io. There are, there are so many companies. I mean, yeah. you can just Google like service on demand and San Francisco and you'll find like 50 iterations on you know, people picking up your dry cleaning and stuff. And yeah. There'll be really good things to kind of learn out of that. Um, yeah, so you just look at sort of a mix of things, but I think it, that's the important thing. You don't just look at one thing and just say, right, let's just rip this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're not really going to innovate anything and it's, it'll kind of give you a bit of a sort of dogmatic way of approaching future problems. Like that. And you're focused on cleaning with, with Good Nest at the moment. Yeah. And what are you learning and you know, how, how are you going to apply that? Are, there, are you seeing other opportunities now you've got some customers and some, and yeah. some traction? So, um, so we picked cleaning um, because there were a few sort of reasons. We, we saw it as um, sort of a non-seasonal service. It's kind of highly frequent sort of recurring service for people. There's a high sort of level of trust. Yeah. And I think one of the things we figured was, you know, if we're going to do one thing right, let's do the thing where someone's really going to um, trust us. And we know that if we're doing just one thing, you can completely focus on doing that really well. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that was sort of the idea with that home cleaning. You know, once you get into someone's home and show that you can kind of take good care of it, then they'll probably be a lot more amenable to, you know, you sorting out sort of other various challenges that they have. So, I mean, we've had a lot of customers have kind of come to us and said, hey, you know, can you clean our carpets? Uh, do you have anyone who does plumbing? Or, you know, we've got a broken window as well. Can you tidy it up? But can you also, you know, help us with like, some glass? So th- those are sort of the natural avenues. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be launching a bunch of new categories. Great. Uh, which will be really cool. So um, we've kind of been growing that. Just, we'll just start with Auckland, but I think we'll sort of grow up through the different cities into Australia pretty quickly. Cool. Um, yeah, so so that's been interesting. And, and I mean, with that, there were just so many sort of players in, in, in the space of trying to take the old way of doing things and make it kind of new and sort of better for consumers. Um, and especially, I mean, you, you can look at sort of apps, we, um, platforms like um, TaskRabbit, which go very broad in the States, and I think they can justify that by, you know, they've got so many opportunities from like pottery to Pilates to, yeah. to sort of be winner takes all in that space, so they've kind of worked really broad and shallow to sort of concierge things like the handies and the home joys. And so it's quite interesting sort of picking the various sort of categories of what you think people are going to want and sort of diving deeper into those. That's sort of our approach. Yeah. Um, but you can learn things from just how everyone's kind of approaching various bits. We think we've got it's going to be a little bit different. Great, great. Yeah. And if someone wants to, you know, is looking at opportunities in the kind of on-demand um, economy, what what are the things they should think about before diving in? Um, uh, don't underestimate. I think. Um, the, the operational work that's involved, I think, in managing um, just people, um, yeah. especially like for cleaners. You know, a lot of a lot of sort of the cleaners are kind of unskilled, and so you you take these assumptions, um, you know, just in how you use technology and and how you sort of like um, kind of deal with certain situations as being sort of just the way that everyone does things. And so at times you have to kind of you know. Um, 
almost do a little bit of like sort of like just training, life training. Yeah. Um, and the, those things you just can't build processes around like automate like with technology. You, you actually have to have people that are kind of face to face and other people training and yeah. assessing them. Um, but you you have to do those sort of things to I think kind of get people's trust and do a good job in the market. So I think it's it's a it's a dream to kind of like I think set up a website and just have a bunch of technology that kind of just makes all the texts and phone calls, all the phone calls and emails can go, but there's a lot of work um, plugging them all together. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's been your most successful kind of customer acquisition channel so far on the consumer side? Good question. I would say, well, originally the daily deals is actually, it has been really good. Sure. Because you can just sort of fire as customers at it and you get really good awareness. Um, Google's been good um, with AdWords. Um, but I'd probably actually say just word of mouth. Um, and the reason I say that is our growth is sort of, it ranges between about 20, 40% per month growth in the number of years. And we're not spending, you know, 20, 40% more per month yeah. on these other channels. Yeah. So the growth can only, I can only attribute to people telling other people about yeah. it. Yeah. So that's the only sort but, of I mean, my, I, I always believe that word of mouth comes out of a good product. You know, word, word of yep. mouth isn't a strategy; it's an it's an outcome yep. rather than a necessary strategy. So obviously, a, a yeah, delivering a good product helps word of mouth, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you could deliver a shitty product and get a lot of word of mouth. It <laughs> might not be the right. It might be the right. Yeah, you get a lot of it. Um, absolutely, you got to have a good product. I, I think a lot of people also, um, you know, everyone's kind of aspirational to sort of have. You know, um, a certain sort of lifestyle. Well, society kind of you know yeah. tells you those things you know, that you want to. And you want so, to have a good Facebook profile, don't you? Well, yeah, and you want to be seen to be. Uh, people want to be seen to be on the ed- cutting edge of kind of like knowing the new restaurants and new things to do. It's, it's it's that knowledge sort of thing, passing that on, wanting to do that. So I think in some regards, the the sort of the home cleaning space has worked quite well because a lot of people will say, "Oh, I've got a cleaner." Yeah. You know? sort of like a luxury thing to brag about so we've seen a lot of that on Facebook um, you might not get that if you're doing like you know a dollar shave or something like that but yeah it's um, I think that's that's been sort of a real help yeah yeah and one of the challenges with marketplaces is you know there's two sides as a consumer and, and someone delivering the service on the other side mm-hmm. are there risks for people kind of getting cut out of the transaction um, you know I know with daily deals, there's always a feeling well, they, they just call up the business and, and get the accommodation directly and things like that. You know, oh, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you mitigate against that, or is it just a part of doing business? I mean, you always have to expect it. You can't, yeah. you can't kind of, you can't stand between the customer and the, the person the customer is trusting to ultimately do the work. Sure. I think the customer is not going to appreciate that, and it's not going to mean that you can give the best service. Um, the best thing that you can do is take care of both sides and make sure both sides are happy. Yeah. And I think generally what what you'll see in a lot of the businesses that's you know, selling to a customer but have that sort of supply side is invariably the supply side will kind of get milked for all it's worth to make the customer happy um, and they suffer. And I think, I mean, what we've deliberately done is, you know, like for instance with our cleaners is paid sort of like 90% of, of what we're kind of pulling yeah. to them so that... The issue of leakage is kind of a, a, it's a, it's an absolute non-issue yeah. because they'll get one dollar more an hour and 
yeah. the customer will lose insurance and eco store products and you know person turning up in a nice t shirt and yeah. all that sort of stuff and using the app and having like kind of a fallback if they're clean so yeah. So I think if you if you just sort of build for the long term and genuinely, genuinely try and build something where you're not trying to optimize everything and completely control all the marketplace, I think you can build something that's kind of got a lot more value in society. Yeah. Which ultimately should pay off more. Yeah. 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 And, and and what do you see of the future of on demand? Do you see consolidation? You know, Uber are, are trialing different products and you can, get, yep. you can get food delivery and rent helicopters. Do you see consolidation between the, yeah. the major platforms? Oh, I think so. I mean, but people people will always associate. I always kind of consider companies and brands as sort of being like, you know, we're all, we're all still fundamentally cavemen and cave people. Yeah. Uh, and we will associate a tool for a job. Yeah. You know, you don't use your spare to eat your dinner. Um, you do it to catch dinner. And I think when you're in a space where you've got a lot of competitors, you're going to very quickly pick up on that pattern, you know, that will hold in the tax sort of thing. Um, you're going to quickly pick up on that pattern and someone will emerge as being more dominant just by, by being that perceived tool for the job. Um, I do think that there are challenges though in trying to be, you know, um, four tools for that job or a, a brand or a tool that sort of spans across four different purposes. Yeah. So um, the analogy I always use um, is kind of like, you got McDonald's with there's a billion people going in every day yeah. not that many but um, you know if they one, one day said oh we're going to do some real estate because we're going to have like, the biggest real estate company now in the world with foot traffic and our agencies it just doesn't work because yeah. people say McDonald's is you know it's fast food it's not yeah. selling at home yeah. it's perceived expertise I think you can kind of maybe bridge if it's you can bridge two sort of um, industries if it's if consumer can see sort of a natural um, natural sort of movement towards that or an efficiency there but I don't think you can necessarily hop between the two and have have a, have a brand that's perceived as helping in another category and you'll just win there I don't think so cool cool okay well thanks for your time if people want to uh, try Good Nest and you know get some eco store products and someone with a nice t-shirt what, what should they do they should uh, go to goodnest.co.nz and um Great. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Growth NZ Show. To find show notes for this episode, head over to growthhq.co.nz. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can leave a review in iTunes. I sure would appreciate it. 